Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for listening in today. God's word is clear. We cannot deny Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in any shape, form, or fashion and think that his blood will not be on our hands. As his children, we must stand up for him, no matter what the cost to us on earth. We can't expect to live with our Lord eternally while we wash our hands of him on earth. We are either for him or against him. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us today and have your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Have your Bibles this Resurrection Sunday. Turn with us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Someone near you doesn't have a Bible, share your Bible so they too can see the Word of God verses 1 through 8, and there you'll find these words. Now the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach, he is not here, but is risen. He is not here, but is risen. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is at the heart of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and is the foundation of the Christian, of the Christian faith that unites and inspires all true Christians around the world. The Old Testament saints looked forward in anticipation of the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I will let you know that it's being, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ is being, being celebrated around the world and Satan cannot stop it. Isn't that good to know? Every believer should rejoice in the glorious truth that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. For it says in Revelation 1.18, it says, I am he who lives 
and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. You see, my friends, we must not become so familiar with the resurrection account that it no longer stirs our heart, uh, causing us to cease from being excited about the greatest news in all creation. Jesus Christ is risen. Let's now look at the resurrection account and witness some of the events surrounding the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the dead. Look at verse 1, if you will, in the text. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. You see, my friends, according to the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 16, verse 1, it was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, who got up very early in the morning and brought spices to the tomb to finish anointing the body of the Lord Jesus Christ for burial. These devoted women who were faithful in following the Messiah were the first to learn of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it says in Mark chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Verse 2, very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Look at verses 2 and 3 in the text, Luke 24, verses 2 and 3, and it says, But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. You see, my friends, when the women arrived at the tomb, they found the stone rolled away, which was sealed by Roman authorities to keep the disciples from stealing the body of Jesus and claiming that he had risen from the dead. For the scripture says in Matthew 27, verses 64 and 65, Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. And you know that still was not good enough. <laughs> The women went inside the tomb and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. The tomb was open not to let Jesus out, but rather it was open to let the witnesses in. That's, very, that's a very important point. Jesus did not need any help getting out of that tomb. He was already out. No rock can hold Jesus because he is the ultimate rock that can shatter any, uh, any earthly rock. Verse 4, it says, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed uh, about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. You see, beloved, the women were being perplexed that the body of Jesus Christ was not in the tomb, suddenly saw two men stand by them in clothes that gleamed like lightning, which is an obvious reference to angelic beings. In verse 5 it says, then, then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? 
You see the women being startled at the sudden appearance of angels lure their faces to the earth. The angels ask the question that is valid for all human history. It is a question that we today must in fact reckon with. And that question is, beloved, why do you seek the living among the dead? I reiterate, why, people of God, even today, do you seek the living among the dead? So many in our world today seek the living among the dead. They seek life in dead religions. They're seek, seeking the living among the dead. No, no life in Hinduism, Shintoism, Islam, Buddhism, none of those isms. No life in traditions trying to hold to the tradition of men, such as praying five times a day like uh, Islam, taking religion, religious pilgrimages, even going so far as to, in many religions, even to flagellate themselves, to mutilate themselves, to imitate the sufferings of Christ by beating and cutting and scratching and gouging themselves in order to seek life, but that's a dead thing to do and there's no life in flagellating and giving yourself excruciating pains to make yourself spiritual. Some folks seek life in yoga. It doesn't matter how much you practice yoga in your exercise. You better watch it because inheriting that is demons. You need to go back and look at the historicity of yoga. There's no life spiritually in yoga. There's no life in psychics. As a matter of fact, if, if they know so much, uh, why can't they tell you where the sugar is in H-E-B? <laughs> no life in psychics. No life in mediums. No life in spiritualists. Some of you live from party to party to party. You can't wait for the party. You're partying hearty. You, you, you love the party. You live for the party. You can't wait for the party. Oh, you get poured at church, but you don't get poured at the party. You shake your end, let your backbone slip because the party is on. But it matters not how, how hard you party. There's no life in the party. I don't care how drunk you get, what goes up must come down and the lights must go out. No life in the parties, my friends. As we continue today's message, Pastor Randall reminds us that no matter what the children of God face in this life, evil will not prevail. Christ will prevail. As Christians, we should not be surprised as evil continuously increases. God told us in his word it would. In the midst of these evil days, we must remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Keep listening and have Bible, pen, and paper handy. No life in the parties, my friends. No life in humanism. You can make yourself God, but let me tell you something. There is nothing in you but deadness. No, no life in dead relationships. You can't put your hope in people. And that's why the Bible says don't even marry folk that don't know the Lord because you're marrying a dead person. Doesn't matter how cute he is or how handsome, she, how handsome he is or how cute she is or how shaped like a Coca-Cola bottle and hair black and all this stuff and nice uh, lids and all that. And matter of fact, when you start taking it off, matter of fact, when you see folk now, you're not even looking at the reality of who they are. 
the honeymoon night can get quite strange when people start taking off eyelids and hair and start taking off makeup and all that. You say, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> you, I don't care how handsome he is or how cute she is. If they don't know the Lord, they're dead. I don't care how smart they are intellectually. If they don't know the Lord, they are walking dead men, women, uh, boys, and girls. The only way you have the only way you can be alive is you have to have the Lord Jesus Christ living in your soul. And without Jesus resident in the soul of man, you are a walking dead man, woman, boy, and child. All I'm saying to you, beloved, is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ provides life and life eternally and only God gives life. Verses 6 through 8 in the text says, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And all the women, they remembered his words. You see, my friends, the angels reminded the women of the words of Jesus, uh, that the words of Jesus who, who, who had accurately predicted concerning his death, his burial and resurrection. He predicted his death, burial and resurrection with 100% accuracy. For in the gospel of Luke, we can see him prophesying before he died in Luke 18, 31 through 33. It says, then he took the 12 aside and said to them, look how he prophesies about his coming death. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man will be accomplished for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon Ah, they will scourge him and kill him the third day he will rise again my friends, the women were not the only ones who failed to remember the words of Jesus when they told the apostles that Jesus had risen from the grave. The words of the women were like idle tales to the apostles. They did not believe the women because of the excruciating suffering, the excruciating agony and death of the Lord Jesus Christ on that cross. They, they did not possibly believe that I that the Savior could be living, even though Jesus told him time and time again that he would do this as he said. Why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important? Why is the house packed today? Why is it so important? Number one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that he is the son of God. In other words, Jesus Christ is not a legend. Jesus Christ is not a myth. Jesus Christ is not a fable. Jesus Christ is not a fairy tale. Jesus Christ is not a figment of your imagination. My friends, I announce to you today that the tomb is empty and Jesus is the living, resurrected Savior. All other religious figures are in the tomb, but Jesus is not in the tomb. He is risen. He's not a, it's not a fable, it's not a myth, it's not a fairy tale. It is a real, actual, authentic, validated account in the Gospel of John chapter 20, verses 27 through 29. The text says there, then he said to Thomas, this doubting Thomas, but he wasn't the only one doubting, reach your finger here 
and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my hand, Thomas. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. I mean, he went into a shock. He, he discovered that Jesus had actually risen. That's why he hollered out so loudly, my Lord and my God. <sighs> Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. You know who he was talking about then? Us. When he was making that very statement, he had us on his mind. Because we have not seen like the disciples, like the apostles. We have not had, we have not had the, the opportunity to touch him and to feel him and, and put our hands in his wounds like Thomas and the others did. But, but we believe even though we have not seen, which makes our faith greater than the apostles. But one day we will see. One day, I know when y'all talk about going to hell, but oh, I can't wait to see my mom. And I, wait, I can't wait to see my daddy. And I can't wait to see grandma and my aunt and my wife and my Hey, that's well and that's good. But let me tell you, get out the way, mama. I want to see you, but I got somebody I got to see first. Get out of the way, daddy. I'm going to see you, but I got to see somebody else first. Get out of the way, Grandma Emma. Get out the way, Grandma Lula. Get out the way, Ernest. Get out the way. All the people pass. I want to see Jesus. And when I see Jesus, I'm going to say amen. When I see the one who died for me, I'm going to say amen. And I want to do like Thomas did. I want to touch him. And I too, I'm saying my Lord and my God right now. And when I see him then, I will still say my Lord and my God. The resurrection claimed Jesus to be the son of God. For it says in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 4. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus had not risen from the tomb he would not have been God. And he would have been the, the biggest liar in all of human history. But because he risen, has risen and the tomb is empty. It, the resurrection of Jesus Christ declared Jesus to be God. Why is the resurrection of Jesus so important? Number two, the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that Jesus is the Lord of history and that his death was not an accident. He didn't just accidentally die. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that Jesus is the Lord of history and that his death was not an accident. If you have your Bibles, turn quickly if you can to the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 23 and 24. Acts chapter 2 verses 23 and 24 the Bible says him being delivered by the determined by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. My friends, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is no accident. In other words, the crucifixion and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was predetermined that Jesus would die to redeem lost humanity from sin before the foundation of the world. It was not an afterthought. It was a 
forethought. A forethought. God predetermined that Jesus would die to redeem lost humanity from sin before the foundation of the world. Why is the resurrection so important? Number three, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof that all believers in the Lord Jesus will one day rise again. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof that all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ will rise again. In the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, it says, Jesus said to to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, Lord. Jesus said to her, "You, you don't understand, you see, I am the resurrection. I am life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He's the Lord of life. He is the risen Savior. And because Jesus rose, my friends, I submit to you today that one of these old days, we're going to rise again. We're going to rise again. We're going to rise again. You can go ahead and bury me, but I'm going to rise again. If I'm cremated, I'm going to rise again. If I'm thrown in the depths of the sea and the shark eat me up, I'm going to rise again. Number four, why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important? You see, my friends, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof that there is a coming day of judgment. It is proof that there is a coming day of judgment. Behold the wickedness in our society. The perversion. Look at all the killings that's happening. Just killing folk everywhere. Behold the evil and the injustice and the merciless killings. Behold the, 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 the perversion in our society. The pornography, the drugs, the gains, and on and on it goes. But the holiness of God demands a day of reckoning. Do you know, have you seen injustice in our society? There are unsolved cases that exist still on the books, still unsolved. But I'm going to tell you what, there has to be a, a judgment day. If there were not a judgment day, God wouldn't be fair because God has to right all the wrongs and ills in our society. Yeah, there must be a day of reckoning. Uh, at book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, it says, in Acts 17, 30 and 31 says, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. When is the last time you heard the word repent? Look to your left and tell the person next to you to repent. Look to the right and tell the person next to you to repent. Now, 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 you've, said, now you've told somebody to repent. Where is that word? The word is, the Greek word is metanoia. It is a turning from your wickedness and your wretchedness and your sinfulness. And you're turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. What we need, listen, people don't, people don't need psychotherapy. People don't need Dr. Phil. People don't need some psychic, some quack. People that need some psychologist. People need some good old-fashioned repenting and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only help for society today. When is the last time you told your child or you told somebody you love to repent and just say, they didn't make a mistake. They knew just what they were doing. They need to repent. John came saying repent. Jesus said repent. Peter said repent. The, The issue today is repentance. 
The reason the church is so weak today and looks so much like the world, there's no repentance. Folks just sin at leisure. Throw rocks, hide their hand, sin and lay in it. You know, uh, fooling around, sneaking and peeking and trying to win the mega million lottery. Break, breaking yourselves in hope. Repent! Your pole is dirt and still trying to win a big one. Repent! Work by the sweat of your brow. No, stop trying to find shortcuts. Stop cuts. Stop trying to make other folk rich. Stop sleeping around with folk you're not married to. Repent! That's right. Stop messing up your body. Tattooing your body up so much you can't even see the color of your skin. Repent! Stop mutilating your body. Got stuff all beads all in your nose and beads on your tongue and beads on your finger and beads all these Repent! Repent! Cussing folk out and can sleep easy. Repent! Hating folk you don't like. Repent! Repent! Holding stuff against your brother since 1932. Repent! 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 I'm going to say it to you here all day long. Say it again. Repent! Say it again. That's what we need to tell our children and grandchildren. That's what we need to tell husbands and wives and, and folk that's rebellion. We need to tell them, repent and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number five, why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important? The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives a sure hope in the midst of persecution. It gives hope in the midst of persecution. It gives hope in the midst of your trial. There are some of you under my voice right now. You're going through a trial. And, and others, you, oh, you look good. And you look like you're all right. But deep down in, deep down within, you're going through a trial. As a matter of fact, it's like that old Negro spiritual that says, nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows but Jesus. Trials come. You don't have to go looking for them. They have a way of intruding in your life, and they, don't, they make no announcements. They, they just show up, and they're there. With each passing day, we are faced with choices between good and evil. The choices we make determine our standing with God. Hopefully, we grow in our faith. We are stronger today than when we were yesterday, and we'll be stronger tomorrow than when we are today. God gives us the freedom to choose. What will we choose to do? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.